0: November twenty fifth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hines, our Tribe beat writer. Hinesy, one day until Thanksgiving, uh, we'll we'll get into the food. We'll get into the whole the whole situation <laughs> at the at the end of the show here. We'll we'll wrap up with that. But uh, I know I've I've already begun uh, the process of clearing space and just uh, just waiting because I know that my <laughs> my sister's Thanksgiving meal is is on the horizon, and I can't wait for that. Uh but in the meantime, we got plenty to chew on, plenty to 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 sort of get through here, in terms of hot stove stuff. Uh, uh, really, for for a lot of Indians fans, uh, the uh, I don't know if it's big news, but uh, just seeing that Yasiel Puig is uh, interested in playing and and Will Will play wants to play in 2021. 2020 was sort of a lost season for for Puig because of a you know positive COVID test and. Uh, you know, really just not a lot of interest from a lot of teams. But uh, he, he sat out the 2020 season. Uh, do you think he finds a home in 2021? I think if
1: he's, if he's healthy, uh, Joe, if he's in shape, yeah, I do. I do think uh, somebody would take a chance on him. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there was a reason he didn't get signed last year. It and was, It was a crazy year. I, you know, the pandemic and the short season and the two spring trainings but you know for, he went unsigned you know through the whole off season before really the pandemic hit so i think he's going to have to uh you know show that he's he can he can be a, a functioning member of a ball club and uh obey the rules and uh just uh, and and uh, you know kind of improve his performance
0: yeah I, I i he is a prime candidate for a a one year show me contract you know uh not really making a lot not a, not a team doesn't have to have a, a huge commitment to him, but if he can come out and outperform a, a, a one-year contract, that would set him up for, uh, you know, he, he can still hit the ball a long way. He still plays pretty decent defense. Uh, he's got one of the best throwing arms in, in, in right field, uh, in the game. But, uh, like you said, there's other things, there's off the field things and there's personality things that, uh, that make him, you know, a questionable fit in a lot of locker rooms. Uh, he did recently just announce that he switched agents. Uh, and that was, he switched to uh, Rachel Luba, who also happens to be the agent for his former teammate in Cincinnati. Or no, you no, his not his teammate in Cincinnati. He was traded for Trevor Bauer in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, there, so uh, Trevor Bauer's agent, Rachel Luba, now uh, representing Yasiel Puig. So we'll see if he can. Uh, land a spot there. It was funny, uh, a, a great exchange between the two players on uh, Twitter last week, uh, floating the idea of a throwing contest. Uh, we all know how uh, Yasiel Puig likes to, likes to flex the arm out in right field, uh, oftentimes uh, against baseball norms and throwing to bases where, places where he shouldn't. But, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer never backs down from a, a contest and never backs down from showing off his own arm.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, what, the last time we saw Trevor uh, Bauer throw a strike or a pitch for the Indians, it was his last one, right? Over the center field fence, you were at that game, Joe, mm-hmm. at, at Kauffman Stadium. And Puig has a great arm. He's never he, he's ignored every cutoff man that's ever come out to uh, short right field or short left field to uh, take his cutoff throw. I remember there was a game in uh, – at Yankee Stadium where the Yankees kind of started the inning with a guy at third base. And he stopped that guy like almost three times in a row on three fly balls that the guy was afraid to, uh, you know, score on. And it was just a, a demonstration of arm strength and accuracy that was impressive.
0: Right. Yeah. He's, and That's the thing is, you know, that with Puig, he knows in the back of his mind that he's got this and he wants to show it off as often as possible. And that's, that's really what he does. Uh, but just, just interesting to see the, the interaction there between Bauer and, um, puig. And then I think Jackie Bradley Jr., another free agent, uh, outfielder, uh, I believe he's a free agent. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, piped in and said he wanted in on a throwing contest, but you know, Bauer, if, if he's throwing a, a normal baseball can, you know, get it up over a hundred miles an hour. I don't know if, uh, if puig has got that in him, if, if he can pump, uh, over a hundred. We'll we'll see what we'll see what form this. Uh, the, I, I think the stakes are the most interesting part of that throwing contest. Uh, uh, it started out they were going to wear the loser had to wear a t shirt. Uh, you know with the that was branded by the other one. But I think now they've moved into like hair dyeing, which is always you know <laughs> interesting to see on Puig. You know, he had the the fire red uh, you know hair dye when he played with the Indians. But it would be interesting to see Trevor Bauer. Uh, with, uh, you know, Dodger Blue or uh, Astros Orange or some, some sort of hair dye, uh, you know, as, as chosen by Yasiel Puig. Definitely. And, uh,
1: I, you know, I, if I'm those guys' agents, I don't know if I want them trying to throw as hard as they can, you know, in the middle of December. I, I think I'd like to uh, just kind of keep them under wraps a little bit and make sure they get, they get paid first.
0: But, but you know that, that Bauer's up there at driveline, you know, throwing 105 into a net anyways. So it, you might as well, you know, make it a, something that he can record for his, uh, his YouTube channel or, or, or whatever that is. I, I've seen the way that, you know, you know Bauer goes about his, his training and all that. Part of it involves throwing, like, lighter baseballs, like the, the, the five-ounce and the, the, the four-ounce right. balls. And those he can get up, you know, well over 100 miles an hour when he throws those. On, with, with a running start or a, a running jump. So, yeah, uh, you know, you there, you might want to preserve your arm there, but, you know, if he's already up there in, in Seattle throwing into a net that way, may, might as well make it fun. Uh, another guy that'll be throwing uh, for fun, I guess, for the Braves next year, Charlie Morton signs a one-year $15 million deal, uh, leaving the Rays and, and jumping over to Atlanta. Uh, really sort of Fortifying that starting rotation, a young starting rotation. He's going to give a, a you know, veteran presence too. And you know, maybe maybe in Atlanta they'll let him go more than five, six innings.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great sign. You know, we, we just you know, it seems like Charlie Morton is retiring every season. But you know, obviously, one year for fifteen million is a, uh, is it you know, is a kind of a perfect fit for both sides. You know, there's and uh, you know, it's the second what second picture they they've jumped out and signed early. Smiley, they got mm-hmm. from, the, from the Giants for one year and eleven million. So um, you know that that um, and and the kind of the the Braves do that often. You know, they did it with uh, Josh Donaldson a couple years ago. They kind of I can never say the GM's name. Antopolis. Uh, uh,
0: and Alex uh, Alex Anthopoulos. Alex Antopolis.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, he likes to uh, get out there early. And, knows what he wants and, you know, strike, uh, strikes early and, you know, doesn't have to uh, get into too many bidding wars.
0: Yeah, king of, the, king of the big one-year contracts, I guess, Alex Anthopoulos. As Mark uh,
1: Shapiro once said, there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract.
0: So There you go. Uh, another rumor that we're hearing out there, a couple of rumors on Brad Hand, uh, the, I guess, now former Indians uh, closer uh, Hand, who the Indians turned down a $10 million option uh, is getting interest from the Dodgers and also the Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays seem like they might be active in the uh, upcoming free agent market. Uh, Dodgers obviously have a need uh, uh, for a guy to fill a role like what they did with, with Blake Trinan last year. Uh, so uh, obviously Brad Hand, if, if he wants to continue, I mean, he's, he's been in Southern California before. He knows, uh, knows the lay of the land out there. Uh, probably wouldn't be too, um, too far-fetched to, to think that he might want to pitch there again. Uh, what do you think about uh, the fit for Brad Hand in either L.A. or Toronto?
1: You know, I think it's a great fit either place, Joe, because, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, his versatility, really, you know, you have an option with him. He can be a setup guy or he can close. You know, he doesn't have uh, that, that uh, prototype uh, closer stuff. You know, he survives on that, like, uh, 80, you know, 89, 90-mile-an-hour slider, and the fastball's just around 94. But uh, we saw him do a variety of jobs in Cleveland. He did them well. So I think he'd be a great fit, especially in that Dodger bullpen. They seem to – they could use a guy at the back end, I think.
0: And uh, like you said, with his ability to pitch in a variety of roles, uh, he really doesn't display that sort of typical closer ego – uh, you know that he has to be the guy at the the back end. We we saw that in Cleveland with uh, Andrew Miller and and Cody Allen. We we saw them them be sort of interchangeable at times. So yeah, the idea that uh, hand could could be interchangeable in that the the Dodgers bullpen. Uh, I I don't really know too much about the the Blue Jays bullpen, but I, I'm sure that you know he could he could definitely help out there. That's a Uh, a division where you're seeing a lot of left-handed bats and especially in a place like Yankee stadium. Uh, So yeah, I I could see him as a fit there as well. Yeah, definitely. And
1: uh, it's uh, you know, he's just, uh, and he's got that good heartbeat, you know, he he has, he's got the perfect, I think demeanor for a closer. He, He doesn't get, you know, if he loses a game, it's okay. You know, he doesn't get, take it to heart. I mean, he, it, it hurts, but he, he kind of flushes it pretty fast. And the same with the wind. He's, he's always the same. I mean, that's one thing uh, Carl Willis always said about him. He's got the good heartbeat. You know, he never gets rattled on the mound. He keeps his cool. And, uh, you know, that's what you – when you pitch at the back end, that's, that's a good thing to have.
0: All right. Well, the other uh, – more rumors and news and notes and things that we're hearing out there in free agency and, and on the trade market – Uh, particularly is Carlos Correa now uh, being floated out there as a possible trade candidate for the Houston Astros. Uh, What does that mean for the, you know, the potential for a a Francisco Lindor landing spot? You've got Carlos Correa uh, who, you know, might hit for a little more power than Lindor uh, is a year younger than Lindor uh, has, uh, you know, just as much experience and, you know, just as much upside as Lindor. Uh, these are these two basically competing for the same, you know, sort of, you know, places to land. Uh, it, it, will will it be more difficult for the Indians to trade Lindor if Correa is out there as a viable candidate?
1: Yeah, Correa would he would be part of that free agent class next year? Is he in that right. class? Right,
0: he's he's one of the five upcoming uh, uh, shortstop free agents, uh, including Corey Seeger, Trevor Story, Francisco Lindor, uh, Carlos Correa. And uh, Javier Baez from the the Chicago Cubs. Now, we're not saying that all five of those guys are going to make it to free agency, obviously. At some point, some of them are going to either sign extensions or get traded or, you know, whatever. I I don't think they're all going to hit the market at the same time. But, you know, that class of five is, you know, that's a potential free agent market there that could break the bank. Uh, If Correa gets traded before then and and signs an extension with a club, you know, that, that really could limit where the Indians could trade Lindor.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he, I guess the Mets would be interested if, they, if they're, you know, and Toronto would be have to take a look at him too. I think, you know, Lindor to me is the more, uh, you know, um, the more impact guy. I think he's had a more consistent four or five, you know, first four or five, six years. Correa had the back problems, I think, two years ago, broke a rib. He, you know, so he struggled a little bit. But they're great, you know. Both great shortstops, and like you said, Gray's got a little more pop, but not a whole lot much more pop. And uh, and uh, you know, he's a bigger guy than 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 uh, than uh, Frankie. But uh, I think probably if you had to grade him, I think Frankie would be the uh, premier guy out of that. Out of you know, he's a, he in 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 that. Free agent class, I think he's probably number one or number two right there. Yeah. Yeah. 20,
0: 2015 Rookie of the Year, Correa uh, beats out Lindor, so uh, yeah. you know, they, they, they've always got that. Uh, you know, Puerto Rican shortstops, both of them along with Javi Baez. Uh, you think about that infield for the, the World Baseball Classic back in 2017. Uh, who was the shortstop? It was Lindor at shortstop. It was Correa at third base and Baez at second, and good Lord, that's just uh, you think about that. How do they not win the every 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 tournament? That's uh, yeah. What the U.S. beat them right? In the U.S. Finals. beat them. Yeah. Yep. My uh, semis to uh, semis. Okay. Was it the semis? No. Was it the final? It might have been the final. I think it was the finals. It was the finals? All right. So uh, really, the way that this free agent market is shaping up right now, obviously the Indians aren't a, a big player in it, but you know. The, the the guys at the top of the market are the ones who are going to determine what the Indians are able to do with Lindor. So you've got guys like George Springer, J.T. Realmuto, Trevor Bauer, DJ LeMahieu. Uh, when they begin to sign and when they begin to figure out their landing places is when the Indians can start you know maneuvering and talking to the clubs that that are interested in trading for Francisco Lindor. Uh, who do you think is going to be the first out of that group to sign? Is there a, is, is there a clear guy who's, who's going to go first, or is there a, a clear guy who's going to get the biggest number? Uh, really the, out of that group of four or five guys, there's, you know, there's a lot of potential.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, people always need pitching and I would think Bauer's going to be the first guy out of that. He's the premier pitcher, the starting pitcher on the, on the, uh, you know, in, in the market right now, I think, you know, a, a team like California, the Angels kind of swoop him up if they could, you know, bring him back to L.A. and uh, and uh, just see if they could just blow him away. I, I know well, Trevor probably – I mean, Trevor, I mean, you know, he he probably wants to pitch for, you know, a team that has a chance to win. And right. the, the, the Angels are probably – you know, I don't know. How, you know, they need a lot of pitching, but I think but, that would be a great landing spot for him.
0: The Angels need about three Trevor Bowers in order to be yeah, – yeah, right now. I I think you know, for me personally, I think Real Muto is probably the guy who might he might not sign first, but I think he gets the most money. I think he's uh, he's the guy who gets the the biggest contract out of that group, uh, just based on age, uh, based on premium position, and the fact that he's you know probably you know one of the better hitters, probably the best hitter out of that group. You know, if you're not if you're talking just overall numbers.
1: Yeah. You know, he's a catcher that, you know, not only, you know, gives you pr- very good defense, but he's a contributor, you know, offensively and there's a, there's not
0: enough of a uh, two way uh, uh, catchers out there. Yeah. But I think the guy that signs first is, is going to be Springer. I think he's going to take a deal and, and, you know, end up somewhere. Uh, I don't think he goes to uh, like a New York or anything like that. I think it's going to be a, a place that will catch you off guard, but I think George Springer signs the first deal. And then after that, uh, you get Lemayhu. I think once they once they plug Lemayhu in somewhere, then you, you know where where Lindor is going to land. Yeah, you know Lemayhu.
1: What what about the Mets? If Cano's gone, so do you do you put him in, plug him in at second base and and maybe make a trade for Lindor? I don't know if they've you know they do they have enough people to do that? Do they have a a couple of prospects to do that? And then you know you've got to, you know you've got the wherewithal the sign perhaps sign Lindor long term.
0: Right. Well, I mean, if you if you think about it, Lindor's really not a free agent until 2021. So you could sign Lemayhew and trade for Lindor. You're locked into paying Lindor probably about you know 18 to 20 million dollars, you know, based on arbitration. So if you don't look to uh, to extend and sign Lindor immediately, then you're you're dealing with you know that financial certainty of you know if we give 25 million to Lemayhew. Or you know, thirty million to Lemayhu, then we've we've got twenty million over here for Lindor, uh, just for this year, and maybe Lindor's your big signing for next year. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: that's that, that makes sense, and uh, you know, ah, oh boy, it, it is, uh, you know, that, that's definitely, uh, you know, and and where Brantley?
0: What we they were talking Toronto, right? Toronto, Toronto maybe. Yeah. Interesting. So it could be. The the entire Indians twenty seventeen uh, uh, roster could be playing in the uh, American <laughs> League East uh, in in twenty twenty one. All right, well, so that, that that pretty much catches us up with with all the news and all the rumors and everything that are that are going around right now. Uh, this is sort of that time when it, we're all as writers we're sort of on edge, waiting for the 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 text from our our PR guys saying, "Hey, we got news coming," something like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll know uh, when deals are being made. Hopefully there won't be too many deals made over, over Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, keep your eyes up on, uh, on Friday and Saturday where, where, you know, things might start moving pretty quickly. Uh, before that, what what are we talking about for, uh, for Thanksgiving dinner here, Lindsay? What's, uh, what's the, what are you most looking forward to? What dish or what side dish or what fixings? What are we, what, what gets you excited about Thanksgiving? <laughs> The whole day gets me excited, Joe.
1: I like I like turkey, uh, mashed potatoes. Got to have mashed potatoes, gravy, corn on the side. Little you know, corn on the side, and uh, you do stuffing. Ma- you do mashed potatoes, um, not not sweet potatoes.
0: Mashed potatoes. Oh well,
1: no, we do sweet potatoes too.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, those. I yeah, got to have both. I have a. Both, ki- and, I have a. Uh, we, I have a killer sweet potato recipe: candied sweet potatoes red wine sauce and butter. It's, it's, it's delicious. Ooh. Then you put marshmallows on top of them. Yeah. Never done the marshmallows. Cause they, okay. cause we don't, we don't whip them up that way. Yeah. Uh, but, but I will say that my mother-in-law's I, I will very much this year miss my mother-in-law's uh, Turkey dressing because that was, she was meticulous. It is meticulous about it. She, you know, cuts each piece of bread and seasons it just right. And, she would make an extra turkey Ooh. just to stuff that, just so that we could have double the stuffing to be able to take home. That that's, uh, that's oh, something yeah. we'll, we'll definitely be missing because of the quarantine this year. Yeah, I like cranberry sauce, but some people don't like cranberry
1: sauce. I kind of I like to throw like it in the, there on the so side. Like,
0: now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you like the <laughs> sauce or do you like the the stuff you get out of the can? Because it that, doesn't matter. I, I you know I, I grew up eating this stuff out of the can, so I like that well my we we actually started getting my son a his own separate can of the cranberry sauce to eat on his own because he'll go through an entire can on his own if you if you let him oh yeah Uh, and there wouldn't be any for anybody else but uh this year i'm getting a a full meal cooked by my sister uh she decided she wanted to take over and just do that and and we're going to do almost like a a pickup where i drive out and you know contactless delivery they just throw it in my car and I go so, uh, so that we don't, it's a nice sister, Joe. It's, nice it's, right it's going to be great. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it uh, tremendously, but, but yeah, I, I mean, really other than that, uh, just missing sitting around talking to family, that's, that's going to be what's what yeah. this year, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part. We
1: always, uh, yeah. Cause you always, you know, well, with Christmas too, I guess we're not going to be able to do Christmas. Well, hopefully maybe we'll be able to do Christmas. Because we all make predictions and you know uh, what's going to happen, and we set uh, you know goals for the for the coming year. Wow. My goal is always to lose twenty pounds, and I've done it for forty years, and I still haven't lost twenty pounds. You
0: guys, you guys don't do like a Hoynes family turkey bowl or anything like that, where you have to no. go on the yard and tackle each other. No, the, the old rugby instincts don't yeah. kick in. Is that uh, I'm that too old now? <laughs> well. Well, which, however, you guys are, are planning uh, on on celebrating your Thanksgiving this year, uh, and, and our listeners uh, as well. Uh, you know, thanks for for you know be joining us all season long and, and in the off season on on this podcast as we you know, continue to move forward and look ahead to twenty twenty one. Hopefully, we'll have a lot more to talk about there. Uh, but uh, again, I'm I'm thankful to be able to work with you, Paul, every day, every week, and uh, uh, just. Really looking forward to what uh, what the upcoming year has to, to bring once we get beyond this uh, this winter. Yeah, right back at you, Joe. We have a good Thanksgiving to you and your
1: family. Uh, hang in there, good safe Thanksgiving. All right, we'll talk to you again next week
0: on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. All right.